Look at her swinging back and forth. <laughs> the way the sunlight hits her skin. I'd sure like to have that in my mouth. Al, you are talking about a stupid apple swinging from a tree. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to When TV Was Great. I'm your host, Alyssa. Thanks for joining me. Today, I'm going to be talking about Meredith Children, Season 8, Episode 16, How Green Was My Apple. The episode aired February 6, 1994. Now, I was going to give you guys a list of the top songs from 1994, but I realized that when I did my Simpsons episode a couple weeks ago, I kind of already went over those because this is around the same time. So, I found a pretty cool list here. You know how, like, when I'm saying, oh, I remember when this show was on Sunday night or this show was on Wednesday night. Well, now I have the list, the Fox lineup for the 1994-95 season, starting in uh, winter of 94, okay? So we'll start on Sunday here. Winter, Fox, 1994. Okay, we have, <laughs> we have the Simpsons on repeat. I remember it was, yeah, 7 o'clock, Simpsons was repeats. Get Smart? I wonder if that's the... That's got to be the old show. That was way before. There was never a new Get Smart, as far as I know. Okay, 8 o'clock was New Simpsons. <laughs> then there was a show called House of Buggin'? The hell was that? And then, of course, Married to Children at 9. I think it's always been on Sunday nights. I don't think it's ever, ever been on a different night. Unless it was like a special episode or something. After Married to Children was a show called Dream On. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Okay, going to... So that was that was winter, okay? Then we have spring. Encounters, The Hidden Truth. That was on at 7. I guess that's kind of like X-Files? Oh, it's, oh, it tells me. Well, look at that. Encounters, The Hidden Truth was an hour-long TV series that featured real-life stories of paranormal phenomena. Okay, yeah. Then we had The Simpsons, of course, at 8. And then one of my favorite shows that should have lasted a lot longer than it did, The Critic. Do you guys remember The Critic? It was a cartoon with John Lovitz. Oh, God. He was a movie critic, and they ripped on so many movies. It was amazing. It was so funny. Okay, so then after The Critic, because I was on at 8.30, Married Children on at 9. And then in the spring, it was still Dream On. Uh, May? I'm guessing that's summer. <laughs> okay, so starting in May, there are various specials. Okay, I don't know what specials. I'm sure I watched them at that point because I was watching Fox like on a regular basis. Then The Simpsons at 8, The Critic, and of course, Married to Children, Married to Children. Okay, summer, Sliders. Do you guys remember Sliders? I want to say Jerry O'Connell was in that show? American science fiction and fantasy television series created by Robert K. Weiss and Tracy Tomei. Tomei, I'm sorry. Okay, so Sliders. S Simpsons at 8. Living Single. You guys remember Living Single? It premiered uh, August 22nd, 1993 to January 1st, 1998. That is a long time. So I do remember Living Single. And who remembers a George Carlin show? That was amazing, too. It was on from January 94 to July 95. Okay. I don't really know what follow-up is. 
But fall, we have Fortune Hunter. Don't know what that is. It was only on... Ha! It was only on for a month. Okay. Hardball was on after Simpsons. Hardball was an American baseball sitcom that aired Sunday nights at 8.30. Wow. Okay. Then Married to Children. Like I said, it's always been on at 9. And a show called Wild Oats. Wild Oats is an American television sitcom that aired Sunday nights on Fox in 19... This is at 10 o'clock, you guys. Oh, no, sorry. This is 9.30. Wild Oats. Okay. Moving on to Monday. Of course, we have Melrose Place. That was Mondays are a bitch. Remember that little headline with Heather Locklear in the picture? Models, Inc. was in June. Encounters the Hidden Truth again. Party of Five was also on Mondays. That was on Mondays at 9. I can't believe that Party of Five was on after Melrose Place. Melrose Place was much more risque than Party of Five. Uh, New York Undercover. Who remembers that show? That was a good one, too. Medicine Ball. I don't know what the heck Medicine Ball is. American Medical Drama. Oh, wow. It'll, it aired from March 13th till May 15th, 95. Okay. The Great Defender. Uh-uh. I don't know what that is either. All right. Going on to Tuesday. So Tuesday night was a Fox Tuesday night movie. That's all it says. <laughs> okay. So it went from 8 to 10. So nothing. Then local programming. Okay. That's all that was. I don't remember watching movies on Fox, but if you say so, then... Oh, yeah, there was a lot of good movies, but actually there was um, there was a Menendez Brothers movie that was made on Fox. There was, I think there was an OJ movie. All the news stories were made into movies and on Fox, and now they're all on, like, Lifetime Movie Network or whatever. Wednesday, of course, Beverly Hills 90210. Um, Party of Five again? Okay. Maybe it was a repeat of, I don't know. Party of Five Models, Inc. Sliders. Okay. Thursday. Martin. Remember that show, Martin? Living Single. New York Undercover. I did watch New York Undercover. That was a good show. Friday. Okay, here we go. Mantis. I can guarantee you guys I never watched uh, TV on Fridays. I was always busy with my friends. <laughs> Tales from the Crypt. And encounters. Oh, X Files is on Fridays, but I never really got into X Files. All right, so that's pretty much that. I just kind of wanted to. Oh, oh, of course, you guys, you can't forget about Cops every Saturday night, and America's Most Wanted. Man, this really was when TV was great. None of these shows are on anymore. I mean, I think America's Most Wanted might be back, but I mean, Cops, dude, I miss Cops so much. Okay. That was a little bit of a <laughs> detour there, but I think it was worth mentioning. Basically, Fox ruled the airways back then until, what, Seinfeld started getting popular in Friends. Fox, like, when Married to Children first started, Fox really did rule the airways, and then they had Simpsons. So, you know, it was probably one of the best. It really was. Okay, let's get on with the episode. I'm sorry about that, guys, but I just kind of wanted to talk about that. I want to go down a little memory lane there. Like I said, I have a birthday coming up. And sometimes I do get a little nostalgic when my birthday's coming up. Okay, here we go. So Al is looking through the binoculars at this beautiful apple that's on a tree. And he wants to plant more of them. 
he didn't know that any could anything could bloom out there, so he wants to plant more of them. So he sends he sends Kelly and Bud to the store to buy some items. Pumpkin, pumpkin, I want you to do me a favor. Go to the hardware store and get Daddy some smudge pots. What are smudge pots? They keep your apples warm so they don't get frozen. You call them Marines. <laughs> Son, I have an even more important job for you. Go get me 50 pounds of manure. Oh, and Bud, I need a jumbo box of tampons. And don't forget my roid cream. Anybody need anything embarrassing while I'm at it? So Al goes back to look at his apple. He wants to go be alone with his apple because he doesn't want anything to happen to it. And then he notices that it's gone. And he... He calls the police and says, I have to report a stolen apple. And it's kind of a silly, cheesy scene, but it's kind of cute. And then Jefferson walks in eating the said apple. And here's where the drama starts. Where'd you get that apple? Oh, it was in my yard. Oh, and it tastes even better than it looks. Eh, I don't want to spoil my appetite. <laughs> That was my apple. No, it was in my yard. But it was on my tree. But the limb was hanging over my property. Excuse me. You don't have any property. Your wife has property, some of which is you. <laughs> so Al is demanding he pays for the one apple. And they won't do it. They argue about whose tree is it, whose property is it. Goes back and forth. And then Marcy says, well, why don't we get a surveyor? And Al thinks it's like a survey where you ask five people and then he, Jefferson asks five people. So they decide to get a surveyor and it is none other than Danny Bonaducci who played Danny Partridge in The Partridge Family. I never watched The Partridge Family, but um, this show has a lot of 70s references. Um, it was a little before my time, <laughs> but Peg, Peg realizes that it's the little Partridge boy in the middle of his speech and in his speech he's saying that the the official records were destroyed in a fire so they don't really know exactly who owns the property wh where the property line ends and begins but uh it's also on an indian burial ground and <laughs> it was built on a landfill <laughs> so there's a whole bunch of funny funny stuff about it now, as I was saying, the Bundy land was originally Indian land. Actually, it was Indian land fill. It, it's where they threw their rotting moccasins. Now, it's because of that that the real property line becomes very irregular and stinky. So, who does the apple tree really belong to? Does it really matter? The important thing is that we're neighbors and we must get along. Well, in answer to your question, the tree belongs to the Darcys. Yes! <laughs> so, of course, Marcy being Marcy is being very immature and gloating. And they just say, well, let's just forget about this. Let's be neighbors. Let's be friends. But Al doesn't want to forget about it. So <laughs> it's just going to escalate from here, as we all know how Al is. Marcy and Jefferson are skinny dipping in their hot tub and they're having champagne. They are celebrating the fact that they have, you know, the apple tree is theirs. And Al comes through their back fence 
with a chainsaw. He cuts a hole through it, comes in through their through their fence, and says, if you'd read your map carefully, you would have understood that I am standing on my land right now, and it's basically the end of Jefferson and Marcy's backyard. So he claims that this is Bundiana, and Bundiana's flag is a wife beater <laughs> t-shirt <laughs> with a big B on it. So yeah, so that's where we're going with this. So basically he is, they're camping out in their backyard, but technically it's a Bundy's property. So yeah, this, this can't go anywhere good. So after the commercial break, we see Kelly and Bud shooting golf balls into the Darcy's yard. Peg is watching Oprah on a chair from the living room. She's got the TV all set up. And Al is barbecuing on the Darcy's grill. And Jefferson's looking over the map. He's like, well, he's right. They offer the tree back to Al if he gives them back their barbecue. And he, of course, says nope. (laughs) And he's very immature about it. He, uh, instead of giving back the barbecue, he blows smoke on them from the barbecue. Bud and Kelly are still shooting golf balls into the jacuzzi. And then Bud goes over to retrieve one. Excuse me, ma. Uh, excuse me, but uh, these are ours. Not anymore. Some never were. <laughs> I just love that. Some never were. So Jefferson gets out of the jacuzzi and wraps himself with the map to cover himself up and runs away, runs all the way off screen. And we get this. Then, when I opened the bedroom door, I saw him making love, not only to a woman, but a... What happened? What happened? Sorry, Peggy, but uh, your cable line seems to have passed through our property. (laughs) They killed Oprah! (laughs) Now look, look what you've done to my wife! Don't you realize we're like cable TV? She'll want to talk to me now. Well, you should have thought of that before you stole our barbecue. Two can play at this game. Get out of my way, gluteus minimus. Hey, that's our phone line. It's on my property. So that ending sound that you just heard was Marcy getting electrocuted because Al cuts the phone line and falls in the spa. <laughs> and of course, nothing ever happens because this is like a cartoon at this point. The TV shows a cartoon. So I also love how Al calls Jefferson gluteus minimus. That cracks me up. And I love how Al says, they killed Oprah. I just love it. Well, the next day, Al's trying to get out of his driveway in his beat-up old Dodge, and there's a block, like a blockade, and Jefferson says, you're on our property. This just keeps going and going and going. You're on our property, so it's going to be $1,500 to leave. (laughs) And Al's like, well, screw that. I'm just going to go through my, my backyard. And he tries to go forward, and he has severe tire damage. So yeah, it's getting bad. 
Then the next scene, uh, the Bundys are watching Kelly, well, I mean, Al and Peggy are watching Kelly and Bud uh, act out, like, the, the Discovery Channel, like, Nature Channel. Something about sea anemones, the mating life of sea anemones. Random and weird. And then somebody famous comes to the door. This is my favorite scene in the whole show, the whole episode. code inspector are you the one that called i am <laughs> aren't you no don't even ask i'm not him i've never been him i can't even stand the little creep <laughs> now, i understand you wanted to report an illegal driveway yes i did inspector uh, that one right out there if you look carefully you can see that it's built nowhere near code uh, i know because i built it myself out of ground up women's shoes <laughs> um, how much is the fine? Well, since you turned yourself in, I think I'll let it go at $100. I see. And what if I said I built it that way just to make you look like an idiot? Then that would be $1,500. <laughs> and, uh, what if we called you a moron to boot? $2,000. Are you sure you're not Gary Coleman from Different Strokes? <laughs> no, I am not. Good. I hated that show. $5,000. Uh, don't give it to me. It's not my driveway. Now, see, it belongs to those people right next door. But uh, they might not let you in because the only black person they respect is Ted Danson. What you talking about, Bundy? What you talking about, Bundy? I just love that dude. Um, now, this is very dated because Ted Danson. Wow. Okay, before I even look this up, I'm going to go ahead and get make a guess on what that meant about black person. Ted Danson is the only black person they respect. Okay, so I want to say there is a movie called Made in America with Ted Danson and Whoopi Goldberg. And I'm pretty sure they started dating during the filming of that movie. And that's all I know about that. But I have some trivia on this. So let me read it to you here. This is from marriedwithchildren.fandom.com. Al's line about Ted Danson being the only black guy the Darcy's respect is a reference to an October 1993 incident when Danson appeared in blackface and told offensive jokes at a comedy roast at the Friars Club for his then-girlfriend, actress-comedian Whoopi Goldberg. Okay. I was kind of right. Goldberg, who was black, later defended Danson, pointing out that she was not offended, as she had written the jokes herself, with Danson's blackface meant to be a societal critique. She also noted that a roast is meant to shock and be over the top, believing that her friends and fellow comedians would have appreciated it more than the celebrities and politicians who were in attendance. Despite this, the couple would break up about a month later. <laughs> well, que sera, sera. So that's um, where that joke comes from. Gary Coleman, as you all know, was Arnold on Different Strokes. Love Different Strokes. You might, you might have an episode of that from me. Uh... Yeah, 
I just don't know which one yet, but you might. There's a couple I really like. I grew up with that show, too. And, uh, you know, he was in a lot of Fox shows. He was in The Simpsons. Um, you know, he died pretty soon. When did he die? Let me see if I have a, a death date for him. Because I know it wasn't too far after this. Or before, I mean, yeah, after this. Um, Alexa, when did Gary Coleman die? Gary Coleman died on May 28, 2010 at the age of 42 due to brain hemorrhage. Oh, I was way off. Okay, he died in 2010. For some, I must be thinking of Dana Plato. I don't know. But anyways, uh, I always liked Gary Coleman. So I, it was kind of nice seeing him. And I remember when this, this episode first aired. I just enjoyed it so much. All right. So that was a really nice little trick that Al tries to do. Tries to get them a fine $5,000. So let's see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, good one, Al. I gotta hand it to you. You're a formidable adversary. You've certainly won my respect. <laughs> Does that mean I get the use of my driveway back? Well, we've already taken the toll booth down, and I can promise that you'll never have to worry about that little driveway problem again. <laughs> Three, two, one! <laughs> I guess I should have brought some extra earmuffs with me. What? So long. What did he call me? Why would I want any cheese? <laughs> so the Darcy's blow up the Bundy's driveway. And it's like, how far is this going to go? Uh, all righty. <laughs> Jefferson and Marcy are in bed, about to get it on, and they start hearing something on the house, and Al is basically, like, jacking up the house so it's slanted. I don't know how the hell he's doing this. Don't you have to have, like, a really, like, expensive tool to do that, I would imagine? He's completely, hack like, uh, jacking up the house, like a car, and uh, everything starts <laughs> tilting and of course. I just gotta play the clip for you guys. Jefferson, hmm? the earth is moving for me. Hey, it's moving for me too. <laughs> Damn, I'm good. <laughs> You're not this good. <laughs> oh my god, it's Al! He's jacking up the house! <laughs> Fred, Jefferson Darcy, say, does your son still have that rocket launcher? <laughs> so the final destruction was the Jeffersons blowing up. It looks like the Bundy's garage. You just see a picture of the house and then a big explosion. Uh, 
<laughs> then it shows the Darcys in their own backyard in a tent because their house is unlivable. And then the Bundys in the backyard in a tent because their house is unlivable. And they're both looking pretty ashamed of themselves. And they decide to apologize and be friends again. That was a lot of damage they both caused to each other. Al is trying to figure out what the lesson here is. <laughs> yeah, what is the lesson, Al? I'd like to know. And, you know, he's going through this speech about how the neighbor should be friends and how other neighbors should follow the example and blah, 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 blah. And then you all of a sudden see an apple fall from the tree and they fight all over it again. Both of them fight all over it again. Aye. But... <laughs> I have to say that, um, I mean, I don't have problems with my neighbors. I really love both my neighbors on both sides, on the left and the right. But recently, and this is not why I chose neighbors <laughs> for the theme, but recently I got a letter from my neighbors who, it was anonymous, and they were complaining about my dogs barking. So, you know, we don't live in a homeowners association. I mean, it's not a big deal. They really can't do anything about it. Um, the funny thing is, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gone all day at work. I'm home, so I don't know like if why they're complaining about my dogs because they're hardly ever outside. They're not outside dogs, and my husband's kind of pissed about it. And I'm like, well, I mean, they they could have done it a, in a, a worse way, you know. They could have come up and confronted us. It was an anonymous letter, and we know who it was, but they could have come up and confronted us or. <sighs> I don't know, they could have done something. They could have tried to poison the dogs. That's happened to people before in this neighborhood. So, you know, it's kind of scary that what, but so, and so, you know, we're trying to figure out what we should do. And I mean, obviously we're going to get the dogs quieter, but I mean, if we really wanted to, I'd be putting those dogs outside all day barking, you know, but it's a kind of thing. You just have to respect your neighbors. You have to respect them. And as far as this situation goes with Al and the apple tree, you just share the damn apples. One comes up, you get that one. One goes to Jefferson. One goes to Al. One, go You know, just, it's just such a stupid issue that, I mean, they had to make an episode about it. It's not a stupid issue. I mean, there's a lot of people that fight over trees and property and property lines and stuff. Um, also, you know, another thing I want to mention is uh, if you have like a shared fence, uh, We've actually come across we've actually come across a situation like this. We had a tree that the root was on the other side of the fence, and we needed to dig the tree out, but we couldn't get we couldn't get it without having to ask them to take it out of their their fence or their their yard. So it's situations like that where you really have to be careful. You have to make sure whose property it is. So I mean, I can kind of see why the Bundys did that. The way they went about it was very immature and stupid, but that's kind of how married children is. It's very, I mean, it's what my, my mom used to call it potty humor. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I can kind of see where they're both coming from, I guess. But like I said, you share the apple tree. Problem solved, you know. All right. Well, that's the end of that episode. Um, I... I um I have one I think one more week of neighbors one more week of neighbors 
and I'm probably gonna do a Seinfeld. I'll be I'll be quite honest with you guys. I'm probably gonna do a Seinfeld because Kramer is one of the most annoying neighbors ever. Uh, so it'll probably I just don't know which one, yet, but it'll probably be a Seinfeld. And um, I also want to point out that I and I put this on my my Facebook page. I'm kind of uh, tr- I'm tr- I'm toying with this idea that I really like the show, The People versus OJ. You know that show that was on. Uh, I think it was on FX. Really liked that show. And like, I like every single episode of it. And I was thinking about maybe doing a bonus podcast on that show. And I know it's a little more time consuming. It's an hour long episode, um, which is fine. But I kind of want to, and it's going to be a little more challenging because there's no storyline. You know, it's not like a sitcom. It's, it's a true story. It's a true, it's a crime story. So I don't exactly know how it's going to go, but I really want to try because I really like the show. I love the actors. It won so many awards. There's probably so much to talk about. Real life versus TV. So many amazing people are in that show and I just really, really, really enjoy it. And it's also only like eight or nine episodes. I can't remember exactly how many episodes. It's not that many. So it'd be be okay to, to do that. I might do that like Maybe over the summer, I'm really, I might even start it now, I don't even know, but I'm really, really contemplating it. Um, and of course, I still have my podcast, I still have this one, you know, and weekly, you know, podcasts, most likely like just half hour shows. But that's something I'm thinking about, so I just wanted to let you guys know about that. And um, yeah, this this podcast is early because my birthday's on Friday, and that's when I usually drop my podcasts. And this week, I decided to do it a little earlier so I can not worry about it at the end of the week. So, as always, you can follow me on Facebook at When TV Was Great Podcast. And uh, you can also, you can find my podcast on, let's see here, TuneIn, Spotify, Amazon Music, and there's one more. TuneIn, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher. And I'm trying to get it on Pandora as we speak, too. So you can follow it on any of those platforms. And if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can uh, email me at whentvwasgreatpodcast at gmail.com. And I made a mistake on my last week's podcast. I said that that was my 20th episode. This is my 20th episode. So yay to me, 20 episodes and many more to come. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much, and I will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in.